Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Self-love is a topic that has gotten much more attention in recent years. And many people have distinct ideas about what it really means to love oneself. Now, the first of those ideas we'll be thinking about in this series comes from a psychologist named Ram Das. So listen to his thoughts on how we can love ourselves more. How can I judge myself less harshly and appreciate myself more? I think that part of it is observing oneself more impersonally. Um... I often use this image, which I've used already, I think, but let me say it again. That when you go out in the woods and you look at trees, you see all these different trees, and some of them are bent, and some of them are straight, and some of them are, are evergreens, and some of them are you know, whatever. And you look at the tree, and you just you, you allow it, you appreciate it. You see why it is the way it is. You sort of understand that it didn't get enough light and so it turned that way. And you don't get all emotional about it, you just allow it. You appreciate the tree. The minute you get near humans, you lose all that. And you're constantly saying, you're to this, or I'm to this, or that, that judging mind comes in. And so I practice turning people into trees, which means appreciating them just the way they are. All right, my friend, hopefully you were able to follow the first part of that clip fairly easily. But just remember, if you want detailed explanations of all the advanced words and phrases from the episode, you can subscribe on Patreon to get access to the transcript and vocabulary guide so you can learn more effectively with this podcast. But right now, I'm just going to explain a few of the things that Ram has said before we continue. So let me go back to the beginning. He says, I think that part of this, part of judging oneself less harshly, involves observing oneself more impersonally. So another way of saying that is a way to be less hard on oneself or judge oneself less severely or less strictly or in a less critical manner. One should observe oneself impersonally, meaning in a more objective manner, without personal feelings, without bias or anything of that nature, just seeing oneself for who or what oneself actually is. That's the basic idea. So then he goes on to say he uses this image, like this uh, this example, 
And so he's asking you to imagine going out into the woods. Now, maybe you've heard this before, but when we say the woods, we're talking about the forest, talking about a place with tons of trees, which are made of wood. That's why we call it the woods. So anytime you hear somebody say, I'm going out into the woods, or I got lost in the woods, somewhere in the middle of the woods, they just mean some kind of forest, a big place with tons of trees. So you go out into the woods and you look at trees and you see all these different kinds of trees. Some of them are bent, meaning they're not straight. There's maybe a bit of a, a curve in the tree trunk or one of the branches or something like that. It's not a perfectly straight line. It's bent to one side or the other. So some of them are bent, some of them are short, some of them are tall, some are thick, some are thin. And you just, you just look at the trees and you appreciate them. You don't necessarily walk around saying that tree should be taller. That tree should be a little less bent. That tree should be thicker. That tree should have more leaves. You don't really find yourself saying that when you look at trees. You just appreciate them the way they are. You just allow them. So when he says that, you mean, not you, <laughs> he means that you just permit the tree to be a tree. You're not trying to force your judgment or opinion of the tree onto the tree itself. You just appreciate it. You allow it to be what it is. So then Ram goes on to say, the minute you get near humans, you lose all that. And he said all that, but the, he said two words, all that. But a lot of Americans will just blend those two words together, all that. You lose all that, right? So when he says the minute you get near humans, that's just another way, like, uh, let's call it a colloquial way of saying as soon as you get near humans, immediately after coming into contact with humans, you lose all of that. You lose that objective way of thinking and you start passing judgment. You say you're to this or I'm to that. That judging mind comes in or that judging mind enters the field, the situation. Hopefully that makes some kind of sense, right? So then he, he finishes by saying that he's, he's practicing turning people into trees and to turn something or someone into something or someone else basically means to transform it, right? So you can take uh, an egg, for example, and turn it into an omelet. Probably not the best example and not something that we would really say in, in, our, in our daily lives. I'm going to turn this egg into an omelet, but hopefully you get the example. I transform it from one state into another one. I turn it from this into that. So Ram practices turning people into trees, right? He just appreciates them the way they are. And by doing this, he has found a way to judge himself and thus others, less harshly, and appreciate himself and other people more. Now, that wasn't too long, so I'm actually going to go back to the beginning of the clip, play that again, and then just let the clip continue. How can I judge myself less harshly and appreciate myself more? I think that part of it is observing oneself more impersonally. Um... I often use this image, which I've used already, I think, but let me say it again. That when you go out in the woods and you look at trees, you see all these different trees, and some of them are bent, and some of them are straight, and some of them are, are evergreens, and some of them are, you know, whatever. And you look at the tree, and you just, you, you allow it, you appreciate it. You see why it is the way it is. You sort of understand that it didn't get enough light and so it turned that way. And you don't get all emotional about it, you just allow it. You appreciate the tree. 
the minute you get near humans, you lose all that. And you're constantly saying, you're to this, or I'm to this, or that, that judging mind comes in. And so I practice turning people into trees, which means appreciating them just the way they are. And um, there was a period of time where um, I used to have a picture of myself on my puja table. Later I had Casper Weinberger, but <laughs> earlier on I had me. And people would come and say, my God, what an ego this guy's got. He's got his own picture on his puja table. <laughs> but really what it was was a chance for me to practice opening my heart to myself and to appreciate the predicament I'm in. I mean, I could see the, the whole incarnation. If I'm quiet enough, I can see his storyline. All right, before we continue, let me just explain a few things. So he's moving on with his idea. He starts by saying that he turns people into trees and tries to appreciate them exactly the way they are. So he moves on and he says there was a period of time when he used to have a picture of himself on his puja table. Now, maybe you already know what this is, but I learned what a puja table was when working on this episode. So apparently a puja table is some kind of table or altar used in Hindu worship or spiritual practice, often for displaying sacred items, offerings, or images of deities. Now, is that important or relevant to you? I don't know, but I learned something new, wanted to share it with you, so let's move on. So he said he had a picture of himself on his table, let's just say that. And he said later he had a picture of somebody else, but earlier on, he had a picture of himself. So when he says earlier on, he just means earlier on in time. Just means uh, how can I say this? Before the moment that I'm talking about now, it was earlier on in time, the same way you might hear somebody say later on, which is later on in time, because at least in English, many English speakers, we think about time in terms of a line, you have a start point A, and then line goes horizontally across to point B, you start here and you end here in terms of time. So when you say earlier on, think about on that line of time, it's just earlier. <laughs> I'm hoping this is making some kind of sense. I'm sure you get you get the point. Earlier on means much before the time I'm referencing right now, or later on is the opposite, later in time, right? So earlier on, he had a picture of himself, and people would see that picture and say, Jesus Christ, this man has a huge ego. He's way too into himself. He's way too self-centered or self-obsessed or self-interested. Jesus Christ, this is too much. But Ram is saying it wasn't really about that. He was practicing opening his heart to himself and trying to appreciate Jesus, appreciate the predicament that he was in. And a predicament is like a difficult or complicated or unpleasant situation that's problematic for you. So if you're in a strange predicament, you're in this strange, challenging, complicated situation. And when he says predicament in this case, he just means life. The strange mystery that is life. So by looking at himself objectively, he can start to appreciate this strange, inexplicable, unpredictable predicament or situation that he finds himself in. He could see the whole incarnation. He could see his whole storyline. Now, incarnation, uh, according to the dictionary, is a specific physical earthly life or existence of a soul. In broader spiritual context, it can refer to the embodiment of a deity or spirit in a particular form. So without understanding this well enough to speak about it in detail, the way I understand this, 
is by thinking about the idea of reincarnation, the idea of dying, but only in the sense that you are no longer occupying your current body. Your current body dies and your soul moves on to the next life or incarnation, and you come back as something else or someone else. So when he says, I can see the whole incarnation, he's referring to what he calls the storyline, his life story. You see? By looking at himself objectively, he can appreciate his whole life story and understand how he got to where he is today and why he is the person he is today without judging himself, just objectively thinking and observing himself. That's the idea. All right. So I'm going to go back to the beginning of that little part of the clip and we'll continue. There was a period of time where um, I used to have a picture of myself on my puja table. Later, I had Casper Weinberger, but <laughs> earlier on, I had me. And people would come and say, my God, what an ego this guy's got. He's got his own picture on his puja table. <laughs> but really, what it was was a chance for me to practice opening my heart to myself and to appreciate the predicament I'm in. I mean, I could see the, the whole incarnation. If I'm quiet enough, I can see his storyline. I mean, history is his story, or her story, you know, and her story is just the storyline of our predicament, and it's a finding a place in yourself from which you see the unfolding of law, that dad did this, mother did this, economics did this, education did this, opportunity did this, drugs did this, Maharaji did this, all of this cause and effect of previous incarnations. Okay, I'm just going to explain one thing there, because he said, I can see the whole incarnation. If I'm quiet enough, I can see his storyline. He's referring to himself. I can see my whole life story. And then he goes on to say, history is his story or her story. So now he's playing with words, because if you look at the word history, H-I-S-T-O-R-Y, history, you could separate that into two words, his story. Obviously, there aren't two S's in the word, but Hopefully you get the point. And then he says, or herstory, just playing with words and emphasizing the fact that maybe you're a woman, so it's herstory. Just, I don't know if he's trying to be funny, but I'm just trying to explain what he meant when he said that. Because if you're not reading the words and you're not thinking about how those words are spelled, that might not be obvious to you. So he says, I can see his story. I can see my life story or our life story in the predicament that we're in. And by looking at ourselves objectively, we find a, a place within ourselves where we can just see the unfolding of law. And what I understand when he says that is just life's events happening as they happen. You can see this happened and this had this kind of effect on me and then I changed in this way and then I started doing these things and this was the result of those behaviors and blah, blah, blah. You can just see how one thing leads to another unfolding in this natural way, in the only way that it could unfold. So maybe you haven't heard that word before. Unfolding in this context refers to development. So if you can see your life story unfolding, you can see your life story developing. Basically, two ways of saying the same thing. All right. Let me make sure that was everything. Where are we? The unfolding of a storyline, his story, her story. Okay, yeah, that was it. So let's continue. I mean, history is his story, or her story, you know, and her story is just the storyline of our predicament. 
And it's a finding a place in yourself from which you see the unfolding of law, that dad did this, mother did this, economics did this, education did this, opportunity did this, drugs did this, Maharaji did this. All of this cause and effect of previous incarnations, all of it is just an unfolding of a storyline, a drama, the Ramdas story. There he is. How will it come out? How did it come out? And you're just sort of watching this story unfold. It has nothing to do with me, because I'm not that. That's just a set of phenomena happening. And when you look at yourself as a set of phenomena, what is to judge? I mean, it's no, is that flower less than that? It's just different than that. And you begin to appreciate your uniqueness without it being better or worse. It's just different. All right, so what is Ram talking about? Again, he started by mentioning the fact that if he observes himself objectively, he can start to see his own life story and the way it has unfolded and the way it is unfolding and just appreciate it instead of immediately trying to pass judgment and talk about the way it should be or what should have happened or what should happen in the future, just appreciating things for the way that they are. Nothing more and nothing less. And he starts to observe himself as a set of phenomena. So when he says that, let me uh, look at the dictionary definition of phenomena. Like a set of something is like a collection or a group of something. So a set of bowling balls is just a group of bowling balls. A set of birds, we would never say that. A set of uh, cards, I don't know. A set of something, goddammit, is a group of something. So a set of phenomena. In this case, the word phenomena just means events or facts or occurrences, things that happen, things that exist. So when you look at yourself as a set of phenomena, this this inexplicable organism that's somehow coexisting with every other organism on the planet and that you somehow have no control over. I guess the idea is that you can get to a place where you're just accepting the way things are instead of saying or talking about the way things should be. I believe I said that just a minute ago. But if you ask me, that's the idea here, just appreciating your uniqueness without judging whether it's better or worse than other people or things in your environment, right? All right, cool. Let's continue. And when you look at yourself as a set of phenomena, what is to judge? I mean, it's no, is that flower less than that? It's just different than that. And you begin to appreciate your uniqueness without it being better or worse. It's just different. And cultivating an appreciation of uniqueness rather than preference is a very good one. And it's just when you get inside identification with your personality that you get into the judging mode because then you are part of that lawful unfolding. You're not stepping outside of it at all. The witness or the spacious awareness is outside of it. It's another contextual framework. All right, let me stop here and explain the word witness really quickly. So a witness is someone who observes or experiences an event. In a more practical context, let's imagine that you're walking down the street and you see one guy rob another man with a pistol, armed robbery in broad daylight in the middle of the street. You watched it happen. You watched the crime take place. You are now a witness to that crime. And it's also a verb. So I witnessed an armed robbery. That's past tense. I witnessed it. Or I am a witness. 
In this case, it's a noun. So when he says the witness or the spacious awareness is outside of it, what I believe he's saying is you get to a place where you can appreciate your uniqueness rather than a preference or saying it's better or worse. You can just look at things objectively and you as the witness are no longer inside of yourself. You're not in the middle of it anymore. You can step outside of it, step outside of yourself or that situation or your life in general and observe it objectively without emotional attachment. I believe that's what he's saying when he says the witness or the spacious awareness is outside of it. It's another contextual framework. I could be wrong, but that's the way I interpret those words. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And cultivating an appreciation of uniqueness rather than preference is a very good one. And it's just when you get inside identification with your personality that you get into the judging mode because then you are part of that lawful unfolding. You're not stepping outside of it at all. The witness or the spacious awareness is outside of it. It's another contextual framework. Yeah. As you're more uh, quiet inside so that you notice and you can see your own thoughts uh, a little more clearly, you will see your father's voice and your mother's voice and all your education principles, voices, inside your head, constantly saying things to you. And you will see that, I mean, what Freud calls the superego, you will see that that judge is inside, that and you keep giving it power by identifying with it. And you feel yourself at war with yourself, that there's a part of you that's doing it, and then there's a part of you that's judging what you're doing. And as you're quieter, you see the dynamics between the superego, the id, the ego, and you see it all as just phenomena, because they are phenomena. I mean, as psychologists, I can study those phenomena in another person. Why not study it in myself? And part of what drugs did for me and then meditation did for me and all the spiritual things is it helps me stand back and get outside of it to see it for what it is as just a uh, stuff stuff phenomena phenomena all right my friend we have arrived at the end of the clip hopefully you could follow along relatively easily and remember if you want the bonus learning materials. If you want to learn more effectively, get a transcript and a PDF study guide explaining all the things that you've heard in this episode, just click the link in the description and subscribe on Patreon. Now, before we move on in this episode, I am going to go back to the very beginning of the clip 
and play it from start to finish without any pauses or interruptions or anything like that to see how much more you can understand and to really let the words sink in without any distractions. Now, if you don't want to hear the clip again, then look in the description of this episode for the timestamps because I'll let you know where the replay is going to start and where you can skip ahead to the next part in this episode if that's what you want to do. All right, so I'm going to go back to the beginning and play it one more time before we continue. Here we go. How can I judge myself less harshly and appreciate myself more? I think that part of it is observing oneself more impersonally. Um, I often use this image, which I've used already, I think, but let me say it again. That when you go out in the woods and you look at trees, you see all these different trees, and some of them are bent, and some of them are straight, and some of them are, are evergreens, and some of them are you know, whatever. And you look at the tree, and you just you, you allow it. You appreciate it. You see why it is the way it is. You sort of understand that it didn't get enough light, and so it turned that way. And you don't get all emotional about it. You just allow it. You appreciate the tree. The minute you get near humans... You lose all that, and you're constantly saying, you're to this, or I'm to this, or that, that judging mind comes in. And so I practice turning people into trees, which means appreciating them just the way they are. And um, there was a period of time where um, I used to have a picture of myself on my puja table. Later I had Casper Weinberger, but... <laughs> earlier on I had me and people would come and say my god what an ego this guy's got he's got his own picture on his puja table but really what it was was a chance for me to practice opening my heart to myself and to appreciate the predicament I'm in I mean I could see the the whole incarnation if I'm quiet enough I can see his storyline I mean history is his story or oh, herstory, you know, and herstory is just the storyline of our predicament. And it's a finding a place in yourself from which you see the unfolding of law that dad did this, mother did this, economics did this, education did this, opportunity did this, drugs did this, Maharaji did this. All of this cause and effect of previous incarnations, all of it is just an unfolding of a storyline, a drama. The Ramdas story. There he is. How will it come out? How did it come out? And you're just sort of watching this story unfold. It has nothing to do with me. Because I'm not that. That's just a set of phenomena happening. And when you look at yourself as a set of phenomena, what is to judge? I mean, it's no, is that flower less than that? It's just different than that. And you begin to appreciate your uniqueness without it being better or worse, it's just different. And cultivating an appreciation of uniqueness rather than preference is a very good one. And it's just when you get inside identification with your personality that you get into the judging mode because then you are part of that lawful unfolding. You're not stepping outside of it at all. The witness or the spacious awareness is outside of it. It's another contextual framework. Yeah. As you're more uh, quiet inside so that you notice and you can see your own thoughts uh, a little more clearly, you will see 
your father's voice and your mother's voice and all your education principles, voices inside your head, constantly saying things to you. And you will see that, I mean, what Freud calls the superego, you will see that that judge is inside, that, and you keep giving it power by identifying with it. And you feel yourself at war with yourself, that there's a part of you that's doing it, and then there's a part of you that's judging what you're doing. And as you're quieter, you see the dynamics between the superego, the id, the ego, and you see it all as just phenomena, because they are phenomena. I mean, as a psychologist, I can study those phenomena in another person, why not study it in myself? And part of what drugs did for me and then meditation did for me and all the spiritual things is it helps me stand back and get outside of it to see it for what it is as just a, a stuff, stuff, phenomena, phenomena. All right, my friend. So how was it the second time around? Hopefully it was much easier to understand. And now I just want to leave you with a few takeaways. Let's summarize everything that Ram talked about in that clip. The first thing, he talks about practicing the observance of oneself impersonally, the same way that we walk into the woods and we appreciate trees, or we see a cat in the street and we appreciate that cat, or we see a bird and we listen to it singing or chirping, and we just appreciate the sound. We don't really pass judgment in the same way that we do with ourselves or with other humans. So the, the act of observing oneself impersonally can be the gateway to looking at ourselves more objectively, judging ourselves less harshly, right? The next takeaway, recognize and appreciate personal uniqueness and life's strange predicaments as part of one's larger life story or incarnation. So instead of thinking I'm better or I'm worse, he's better, he's worse, she's better, she's worse, just appreciate how everyone has their own unique qualities tendencies, behavior patterns, personalities, whatever it may be. We're all unique and we're all in this strange, unpredictable thing that we call life, this weird predicament. And instead of passing judgment on all of it and saying the way it should be, just appreciate it for what it is. Because at the end of the day, you most likely can't control all the stuff that you're complaining about. And if you can control it, then there's no reason to complain about it. And another takeaway, understanding that life's events and characteristics are just a set of phenomena. They just are, right? It's hotter than normal. It just is hotter than normal. The pollution is getting worse. It's getting worse. Now, I'm not saying that everything in life or every problem is without a solution. Obviously, problems have solutions and, and stuff like that. Sometimes you need to take action and make change. But I guess the idea is just Instead of sitting back and passing judgment, why not just sit back and make observations, accepting the fact that it is what it is. And it's not so that the world can be a better place, even though I do think that's a consequence of us looking at life that way. It's also so that we can experience internal peace. Because we're not necessarily at peace when we're passing judgments on this and that and that and this person and ourselves and constantly critiquing everything, constantly finding what's wrong with everything. It's hard to find internal peace when we're doing that. So I think what Ram is saying is if that's what you want to experience, you have to stop passing judgment on everyone and everything all the time. And also become aware 
of the voices that you hear in your head and maybe stop identifying with each one of them and try to realize that some of those things that you hear, some of those voices maybe come from the way that your parents used to criticize you or discipline you, or maybe it was the kids at your school or your ex-girlfriend or your husband or whoever. And you started to internalize all that criticism or those negative voices, those hurtful voices, those judgmental voices. And now you talk to yourself like that. So Rama's talking about being quiet enough to actually listen carefully to the things you hear and the things that run through your mind on a daily basis and just analyze them. Just see them for what they are. Where does that come from? Or why, why, am, why am I hearing that thought again and again and again? Do I really think that? Do I really believe that? You know? And he's saying that looking at yourself objectively is how you can even get to that mental space and start working through some of that stuff. And the overall idea here is really to detach from what you think of as yourself, your thoughts and feelings and behavior patterns, personality, whatever, your life situation or circumstances, just detach yourself from all of that and look at it as if it were someone else's life or look at it as if it were a tree or a river or a mountain and just appreciate that it is what it is, right? And so then he, he finishes his idea by saying, we need to emphasize the importance of appreciating our own uniqueness without comparing or judging as if it's better or worse. Now, I think this is probably the most challenging thing. Is, it's, it's two things, right? One is separating or detaching yourself from what you think of as yourself and observing yourself objectively. It's challenge number one. But number two is appreciating your uniqueness instead of considering yourself better or worse than other people. I think that's very challenging because sometimes I get the impression that it's human nature to compare oneself to another. I get the impression that's human nature. So to stop doing that, just to stop doing something that comes naturally to you, something that you do without trying is a challenge because that's how we really think about so many things in life. This microphone is better or worse than that one. This food is better or worse. That movie is better or worse. This girl is better or worse. That teacher is better or worse. We think about things in that way. We try to put them into boxes and classify them on their quality or their price or their skill, their benefit to us, whatever it may be. So looking at things the way they are, as opposed to the way they relate to you, sounds challenging to me. I'm curious to know what y'all think about this. And I'll leave you with two other things to consider. And remember, listening to this podcast is going to help you improve your comprehension. You're going to learn lots of new words, be exposed to different accents and dialects and topics and all that's great. But you got to remember to get some output in your life. Input is fantastic and necessary, but you got to be writing frequently or speaking frequently. So let's imagine you keep a journal or some type of spoken diary where you're recording yourself. Here are two things that you can write about or talk about with yourself or with friends, whoever it may be. Number one, if you are someone who is extremely hard on him or herself, I want you to explain the reason for this behavior. Why is it that you're so hard on yourself? You're so impatient with yourself. You're so demanding of yourself. You're so critical of yourself. I want you to explain why that is. I want you to justify the reason for that behavior. A better way of saying that, I want you to justify that behavior. That sounds better. And number two, the second thing I want you to think 
write and or speak about. Think about the people in your life, the people closest to you, the people that you interact with every day, friends, partners, parents, teachers, coworkers, bus drivers, whatever. Think about these people. And as you think about them, I want you to ask yourself which of their personality traits or which of their characteristics bother you the most? What is it or what are the things about the people in your life that irritate you or frustrate you or bother you the most? And once you have those things in mind, I want you to stop and ask yourself if you see any of those traits or characteristics in yourself. And the reason I'm saying that is because I heard, I don't, I never, <laughs> I think I've said this before on the podcast, I never remember where I hear or see things. They just stick with me. And I remember hearing one time somewhere, this guy was saying that he believes that everything that irritates or frustrates us or pisses us off about other people is because we some, for some reason, we identify with whatever it is we see in that person and we hate that about ourselves. So a simpler way of expressing that would be with an example. So let's imagine your best friend is very undisciplined and very unconscientious, kind of lazy, doesn't pay attention to detail, wait until the last minute to do everything, his house is a fucking mess, never clean, always unorganized, and you really dislike that about him. It frustrates you. It irritates you. This guy that I was listening to, he believes it's because you identify with that personality trait and you hate that about yourself. So when you see it in other people, it triggers those negative emotions in you. Because people that you don't identify with, people who do stupid shit or weird or annoying shit that you don't do or identify with generally won't irritate you in the same way. Again, this is what this guy was explaining his perspective on this idea, which is interesting to think about. That the reason certain people irritate you so much is because for whatever reason you identify with something in them. And it's like looking in a mirror and not liking what you see, which is interesting to me. So there you go. Those are your two things to think about. If you're hard on yourself, justify being so hard on yourself. And number two, think about the people in your life and why they irritate you and ask yourself, do I identify with those personality traits or those characteristics? Or do I exhibit that same behavior somewhere else in my own life? Now, as always, I want to thank you for your time and attention, my friend. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Real English Radio. I'm your host, Tony Kaizen, and I'll talk to you soon. Peace. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.